This is an AMI podcast. Welcome back. It's the Now News Panel on AMI. I'm Dave Brown, joined by Michelle McQuig and Joy DeGupta. Let's continue our year in review. And let's stay in the world of politics for one more story. Provincial politics also provided a fascinating landscape. Elections took place in several provinces. A newly appointed premier in British Columbia, but Alberta has been in the spotlight all year long. It started with the United Conservative Party conducting a leadership review on Premier Jason Kenney. Kenney survived the votes, but resigned the post nonetheless. Danielle Smith won the UCP leadership race and was sworn in as Premier. Premier Smith shook up the cabinet and introduced a promised Alberta Sovereignty Act. The introduction of the act prompted Jason Kenney to offer a second resignation, this time as MLA. Michelle, what strikes you from Alberta politics? What a ride. Wow. This has been an absolutely fascinating story, even for those of us who don't live in Alberta. Um, For those who did, uh, one of my colleagues spent several years working out there before moving to Ontario this past year. And she said that a lot of this has been bubbling under the surface for a long time and it's all been coming to a head. Uh, But I think we're talking a little bit about some of those forces that I was alluding to earlier in the convoy discussion in terms of Danielle Smith, the stances she holds and the support she attracts. This is a very, uh, this is a premier who, who has been very explicit about wanting to reset the relationship with the federal government, who is clearly going to take a much more combative tone. Um, but all of this is going to be interesting to see pan out next year when Albertans go to the polls. So we'll see if, if she's able to secure any kind of mandate there, because it's worth noting, she assumed the leadership through party votes rather than a general election. What strikes me is something that you just mentioned there, Michelle. It's not so much looking back on this year in Alberta politics. It's looking ahead to what is probably the most interesting (laughs) provincial election that has happened in Canada, maybe since Ontario in 2018, maybe even before that. It's a really, really interesting one. Joita, what about you? What strikes you from Alberta politics? I think I'm on the same page as the both of you. I um, I think for those of us who maybe don't live in Alberta and don't follow it as closely, it did come as something of a surprise that Jason Kenney was effectively forced out. Uh, even though he survived the leadership uh, contest, it, the review, it still felt like he needed to step aside um, in that moment. And uh, I know I, me- I remember saying, oh, who knows, maybe he'll run in the leadership race. But I think he uh, felt that that ship had now sailed. Uh, Danielle Smith is a very interesting candidate, um, someone who's very, uh, if you'll allow me to say it, very Trumpian in nature, sort of pulling on those populist sentiments and someone who's positioned herself as willing to disrupt the prevailing political order and is willing to be far more combative towards the federal government than maybe even Jason Kenney. And so... When you look ahead to this election in a few months in Alberta, it's really going to be interesting to see if Albertans choose her brand of politics and her brand of conservatism. Because the last time I checked the provincial polls in uh, in Alberta, the NDP was still going strong. So the question looms large. Will a province like Alberta, which has traditionally voted conservative a lot of the time, in fact, vote in an NDP government for the second time? Because remember, we talked about this, I think, some months ago. There were eyebrows that shot up about the government's handling of the pandemic. They were very quick to relax some of those measures. And it would be very interesting to see if some of those decisions in the polls. Uh, But the NDP is going very strong and cannot be ruled out as a distinct contender in the election. So definitely one that we'll be looking to uh, 
to see how that shakes out in the next couple of months. Let's turn to one of the more jarring stories from this year, and that was the stabbing rampage in Saskatchewan. 11 people died and 18 others were injured on the James Smith Cree Nation and in the nearby village of Weldon. It sparked all kinds of questions about public safety and emergency preparedness, and once again, the lens of Indigenous justice was put into focus. Michelle, what's your reflection with a bit of space on the stabbings in Saskatchewan? Yeah, this was definitely one of the more upsetting stories to deal with over the course of the year. And I I will say, you talked about Indigenous justice and justice issues generally. That's kind of what stands out to me here. Um, It's worth kind of noting that if anyone were to talk about this story, it's almost impossible not to mention what a bad year in the headlines this has been for the RCMP. This was one of the reasons why. There were questions about why the full record of Miles Sanderson, the the, the suspect in the stabbing, was not fully disclosed. He'd been missing and had not reported to authorities for months prior to turning up on the James Green Nation knife in hand. Um, we... There, there was a lot to unpack with this. The manhunt for, for Sanderson went on for three days, I believe, before he was was brought to ground and ultimately died in police custody. And that raises questions, too. We don't know exactly what happened with his arrest or how exactly he came to die, but he has died. And that is another shadow that kind of lies over these this whole community that's grieving the loss of 11 people. So there's a lot to, to deal with and, and unpack there all against the backdrop of just a genuine tragedy that's really torn a community apart. So even while we talk about those bigger issues, I think it's important not to lose sight of them. Yeah. The suffering in the communities is one that you, you, you can't turn, you can't turn uh, turn away from it's, it's, it's a core part of this, but I also do think about the community and I think about a lack of lessons learned from the Nova Scotia mass shooting a couple of years ago, where once again, a complete lack of communication as an emergency was unfolding, put more people in danger and we're going to have another inquiry. We're going to have more inquests. And once again, we're going to find out that over and over and over again, our authorities are incapable or unwilling to do what it takes to communicate transparently with the community. Joita, what's your reflection on the stabbings in Saskatchewan? I always find it hard to have, you know, I always find it hard to say things about tragedy incredible tragedies like this one. I mean, I think it's really important to keep the community front and center in our discussions and bear in mind that there are people who are still grieving lost loved ones. The aspect of this that really stood out to me is the conversation about rural policing and indigenous policing that I think is long overdue in this country. Uh, Indigenous communities have had a very difficult relationship with the police for the most part. And I think um, this particular case has really brought to bear some of the unique challenges around policing in rural areas. If you could think about Miles Sanderson, you know, basically get in, you know, in a getaway car, uh, evading the police for days at a time, it's hard to imagine the kind of a scenario playing out in Toronto or Vancouver. And so I think um, hopefully down the road, we, as you pointed out, we didn't really, I think, learn a lot from the Nova Scotia shootings. But my hope is that as we have inquiries and as we unpack what happened in Saskatchewan, there will be some attention paid to the situational factors and that there will be a closer examination of rural policing and Indigenous policing because one of the things that was pointed out, and I don't think received as much attention, is that there is a lack of representation of Indigenous communities in local police forces, and that's resulted in a breakdown of trust and a breakdown of communication. Mm. It would feel crass to put any other topic next to this one. Join us weekly for The Pulse with host Joita Gupta, who brings us closer to issues impacting the disability community across Canada. Watch The Pulse on YouTube or listen wherever you download your AMI podcasts.